Good morning, and welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin's live stream of our worship service, where we are currently gathering virtually and in spirit during this time that COVID-19 is resurging in our area due to the new variant of the virus. We hope this surge may be short-lived and we will be able to be together in person again soon. We are a spiritual community dedicated to a free and responsible search for truth, meaning, and beauty. I'm Chris Jimerson, Minister for Program Development here at the church, and I want to welcome each of you to our service. I can feel your presence even though we cannot be together in person right now. I especially want to welcome our visitors this morning. We're so glad you're with us. If you have the ability to do so, please say hello in the comments and let us know from where you're watching the service. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine in every person. And it's in that tradition that I invite us to greet the holy among us this morning, either by greeting each other in the comments or simply feeling the heartstring connections that bind us together. Those of us that are here putting on the worship service this morning will greet each other from in place by waving at each other so we socially distance. Now, please join me in our words for lighting the chalice. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. Our call to worship this morning is called, We Hold a Space for You, by Reverend Chris Jimerson. Come into this sacred space, even as it is currently virtual space. Bring with you your joys, your hopes, all that you love, that which you hold holy. Join in this, our beloved spiritual community. Bring with you also your imperfections, your secret fears and unspoken hurts, those things that you still hold but that you yearn to release. Bring to your wildest imaginings of what together we might create or at least create more of in our world. Come, we hold a hallowed spiritual space for you in this, our time of virtual worship. helps us 
continue to feel connected with one another when we can't be together in purpose is to have a common purpose as a religious community. And for First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin, that common purpose is our mission. This congregation wrote the mission themselves. We put it on our wall here in the sanctuary, and we say it together every Sunday so we can carry it in our hearts throughout the week. Let's say it together now. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. And each week, to explore more deeply what we mean by that term, beloved community, we have been having a moment of beloved community where we often discuss disparities that exist for people because of race, gender identity, sexual orientation, or the like. Sometimes those disparities become very obvious and heartbreaking. Like now, when recent statistics from the Centers for Disease Control, or CDC, revealed that Latinos, African Americans, and Native Americans have only a slightly greater risk for infection with COVID-19 compared to white, non-Hispanic persons. However, Latinos are at 2.5 greater risk for hospitalization from the virus, while African Americans have 2.6 times greater risk, and Native Americans are at a 3.3 times greater risk. The risk of dying from COVID for all three groups was about two times greater than that for white folks. The CDC attributes these differences to systemic treatment disparities within the healthcare system. In other words, racism and the mistrust that develops among these groups because of prior experiences of such racism within our healthcare system. Good morning and happy new year. I'm at church today and I'm walking into our church kitchen because today's story takes place in a kitchen on New Year's Day. In this story, they're making a special kind of soup. In my family, we make black eyed peas on New Year's Day. What does your family do on New Year's Day? If you don't do anything, maybe ask your family members and friends if they have any traditions. Freedom Soup by Tammy Charles, illustrated by Jacqueline Alcantara. Today is New Year's Day. This year, I get to help make Freedom Soup. T. Grand says, I've got a heart made for cooking, and it's time I learn how. Outside, snow is piling cottony thick. Inside, warm, sweet air flows. Haitian compa pours through the speakers. The shake shake of maracas vibrates down to my toes. T. Grand's feet tap tap to the rhythm. We pause our dancing, and T. Grand says, First bell is the A-piece. She places the pilon between my knees. Click, clack, click, clack. Together we mash the garlicky herbs to the compa beat. Then we add it to our meat and let it rest. Next is your favorite, the pumpkin. Tigran smiles and pulls it out of the boiling water. Ribbons of steam dance up to the ceiling. She lets me peel the pumpkin. The skin melts off like butter. Then T. Grand browns the meat in a new pot and gathers the rest of the ingredients. Pumpkin, herbs, potatoes, carrots, cabbage, and celery. Your turn, she says. 
One by one, I slide the ingredients into the bubbling liquid. The pumpkiny garlic smell swirls all around us. Know why they call it freedom soup, Tigran asks? Because it's free? It's the same answer I always give. Tigran laughs her loud, deep belly laugh. Oh, Belle, nothing in this world is free, not even freedom. She begins to tell a story, the same one she tells every year, a story of the place she was born, Haiti. Long ago, my country was a land of sugarcane and coffee fields, and my people were enslaved, working under the fiery sun, growing vegetables, making soup for their masters, soup they were never allowed to eat themselves. Freedom soup was only for the free. No soup for New Year's? My face feels hot. And then what happened? I ask. Years passed. The enslaved people's hands were tired, spirits shattered, bloodshed, freedom stolen, pride gone. Enough was enough. It was time to fight and win back their freedom. The trumpet blares. I hear it, Tigran. The revolution is here. The compa beat drums through my skin. I see them, the fire dancing in their eyes as they fight to take back what's theirs. I see the colors of freedom, the tan streets of Port-au-Prince covered in broken black chains, kettles of hot yellow soup, a sweet pumpkiny garlic aroma filling the air. I see Tigran's people, my people, eating soup to celebrate the end of slavery eating soup to celebrate the start of freedom. We clap our hands and sing to the sky, Haiti is free, freedom soup for everyone. T. Grand lowers the flame while I throw in the pasta. My grandmother taught me this tradition to my mama, who taught it to me. I taught it to your mother, and I'll teach it to my children one day? Tigran's dark eyes smile as we rest in the living room and she pulls me in real close and they'll share it with everyone who'll come after. The pumpkiny garlic smell scents the air as cousins, uncles, and aunts arrive and dance. We share stories of Tigran's faraway island and taste freedom again and again and again. What a lovely soup you made, Belle, they say. I puff out my shoulders wider than the Haitian mountains, stand so tall I can almost touch the moon. All around, just like my family, people gather and share. In our house, we celebrate until the last drop of soup is gone, gone, gone.
Old Year by Naomi Shihab Nye. Letters swallow themselves in seconds. Notes, friends tied to the doorknob. Transparent scarlet paper sizzle like moth wings. Marry the air. So much of any year is flammable. List of vegetables, partial poems, orange swirling flame of days. So little is a stone. Where there was something and suddenly isn't, an absent shouts, celebrates, leaves a space. I began again with the smallest numbers. Quick dance, shuffle of losses and leaves. Only the things I didn't do crackle after the burning dies. We've come to the time in our service where we center ourselves together. We breathe together. And breathing together, we sense each other's loving presence, even in virtual space. Breathing in, breathing out. Some of us pray. Some of us speak to God as we understand God. Some meditate. Some simply follow our breath to a deeper place inside, a place of greater wisdom, that place within where a spark of the divine resides in each of us. Breathing together, we enter into a time of sacred silence together. If you remove to close your eyes as we enter into that time of silence, feel free to do so. I will sound our chime at the end of our moment. Let us now enter into that time of sacred silence together. I want to share with you a story of a woman I'll call Eve, though that's not her real name. Eve sought grief counseling after her husband died of Lou Gehrig's disease. Even her husband were devout Catholics. They had held their wedding in their Catholic church, which they attended regularly until his illness eventually prevented them from being able to do so. They were very much in love. The marriage was a happy one. Eve described her husband as a good father and a wonderful spouse. After he developed the disease, she took care of him as it progressed, which became difficult as it is a cruel and degenerative disease. 
As he became more disabled, he resisted becoming more and more dependent, so sometimes they fought. Still, every night they would lie in bed with their hands clasped so that their wedding rings touched together, and they would repeat their wedding vows to one another. Until his very last day, their love for and devotion to one another remained strong. When Eve finally sought counseling, it had been six years since his death. Eve told the counselor that she knew she needed to move on with her life, even to start dating again. But I can't take my wedding ring off, she said. I can't, can't date wearing my wedding ring, and I can't seem to make myself take it off. Intellectually, Eve knew she had honored her commitment to her husband. Emotionally and spiritually, she couldn't let go of her belief that marriage is for life, which the wedding ring symbolized very strongly for her. Well, the counselor worked with her priest to put together a reverse wedding ritual for her. At the same church where they had originally been married, with many of the same family and friends who had attended their wedding wedding present again, the priest called her up to the altar. He asked her, Were you faithful in good times and in bad? Yes, Eve replied. In sickness and in health? I was, she answered. The priest led her through the rest of her wedding vows, but in past tense, and she affirmed in front of the loving witnesses who had gathered that she had loved, honored, and been faithful to her husband. Then the priest said, May I have the ring, please? And Eve took it off, and handed it to him. The counselor and the priest had her ring and her husband's ring interlocked and then affixed to the front of a frame containing their wedding picture. Eve later described finally taking the ring off to her counselor by saying, it came off as if it were by magic. I think that story illustrates so Perfectly, the power of ritual. Like Eve, sometimes we can know intellectually that we need to let something go, and yet it can be so difficult to move past it emotionally, spiritually. Ritual allows us to embody our thoughts and intentions. It allows to hold them in a much deeper place inside or to release something from that same deep place from our hearts and souls, not just our minds. That's part of why we have made it our tradition at First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin to begin each new year by conducting a burning bowl ritual. Each of us reflects upon something that we're carrying that may be holding us back, something we'd like to let go because it may keeping us from fully living out our life goals and values, reaching out with love to manifest more of what we would like to see in our world. 
So here are just a few examples of things we might want to think about letting go. Trying to control things that can't be controlled. Making other people do what's right. Worrying about what other people think of us. Relationships that have become toxic. Solving other people's problems for them. Related to that, helping when you weren't asked to help. Having the same old disagreement or argument over and over again. Any of those sound familiar? This year, it occurs to me also, though, because of the trauma we have experienced over the past couple of years, was the January 6th insurrection really just a year ago? It occurs to me that among the things we might want to think about letting go this year are some of the potential effects on all of us of that trauma. Now, I'm not sure we can just let go of trauma itself. We may have to process it, feel it, get help from others, whether trained professionals, close loved ones, or a mixture of both. Maybe, though, we can make a start of letting go of some of the less helpful reactions we can all have because of trauma. Various forms of addiction, social withdrawal, or acting out making Jeff Bezos even richer than already too rich by binge purchasing on Amazon, which actually is now one of the identified forms of addiction in the U.S. and likely beyond. So in a moment, I will light our burning bowl here in our sanctuary. Some of us providing the live stream of our service today will whisper that which we would like to let go into pieces of flash paper, toss them into the fire, and watch that which we would like to let go burn away. If you were able to pick up flash paper from the church courtyard this past week or have a safe way to do something similar, perhaps outdoors, you're welcome to do so, though you are also welcome to imagine them burning away metaphorically if that feels safer. There may also be, though, things that we would like to hold on to in the new year. The love and support of good friends, the memory of loved ones who have entered into the great mystery, a spiritual practice that sustains us. If so, that's okay too. We can whisper those into slips of paper also and store them in a safe location where we can take them out when we need to do so. For those participating in the service this morning who wish to be in the burning bowl ritual, you may start lining up now. I will now light our burning bowl as our hymn for the ritual begins. Oh 
Our spirits be unburdened of that which we have burned or let go metaphorically today. May that which we have chosen to hold on to bring us comfort. May we experience a lightness, even a joy, even among these challenging times. So unburdened, may our hearts reach out in love to help build the beloved community. Amen. Let there now be an offering to support the mission and ministries of this church. If you scroll up on Facebook or go to austinuu.org, you will see a link which will take you to our secure contributions page where you may make your contribution. We are still checking the mail even while we're not coming in person, so please also feel free to send us your contributions by mail. It's 4700 Grover Avenue, Austin, Texas, 78731. As I said, we're checking the mail weekly and gratefully taking contributions and depositing them. Now please join me in our words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Now as we end near the end of our service and prepare to go back into our daily lives, may we find ourselves free of at least some of the burdens we might otherwise have had to carry. And with such weight lifted, may we live more. Love more. I send you much love. I wish you much peace.
This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.